with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 17 games across the NFL. And in this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, the total tees. Of course, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator, Attridge and Andy, 75 episodes. Happy anniversary, Matty. Cheers. 75 episodes. You know, that includes uh, 73 NFL episodes, one Winter Olympic show, one Masters show, zero Pro Bowls, and approximately 37 Mitch McConnell jokes. Teenage fucking old ass turtle. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Cowards in a half shell. Well, week 17 is upon us, the final week of the regular season. And uh, in this episode, we are only going to be covering games with playoff implications, so you won't see all the games on this podcast. However, when you head over to our Facebook fan page, Almost Wise Guys at Facebook, you will see the picks for all games that are being played in Week 17. Uh, What do you think about the slate this week, Andy? Well, as you say, there's probably about a dozen games uh, with playoff implications, some some of them meaning more than others. I would like to preface with a few thoughts for our listeners about what we're going to talk about in generalities. Now, the first thing about Week 17, it's like Burgess Meredith yelling at Sylvester Stallone in Rocky chasing the chicken. Come on! Move your tail! Move your tail! You look like a girl out there! What's the matter with you? You're like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Basically, what you're doing is chasing lions around. And don't try to measure motivation because it's it's really hard to put a number to it and it's hard to measure it. Uh, if you consider the fact that both the Jets and the Bengals have won their last two games, um, you can throw that out the window. And, and must-wins, again, don't overrate them either because if they're must-wins... Mm, perhaps they shouldn't have been there to begin with. You look at the Chiefs, who were resting pretty much everyone. They did the work, they've done their work in the regular season. So must win doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win. That's all I want to say about that. And that's all I had to say about that. Yeah, let's fire it up, Matty. Let's fire it up. Well, the first game on the docket, we head to Indianapolis, where the Colts are laying 14 points uh, against visiting Jaguars. The playoff scenarios here are that uh, Indianapolis clinches the AFC South Division title with a win and a Titans loss, or an Indy tie and a Tennessee loss. So Indy definitely wants to win this game. Jacksonville, they're just terrible. That's horrible. They are terrible. And well, you saw That's last the 14 week against, point spread. <laughs> yeah, but you saw last week against your Bears. You know, Jacksonville was keeping it tight in the first half, but then the wheels kind of fell off in the second half. And, you know, I'm not really going to blame the Jaguars players for that. You know, we t- again, we talk about motivation. The players are motivated. They're motivated to get their incentives. They're motivated to get new contracts. But coaching and administration could 
and put them in bad spots. Ergo, starting Mike Glennon uh, in favor of Gardner Minshew, and and then resting James Robinson, who was third in the league in rushing. So he's been out for the last two games. And that's one of the things that they can do to sabotage a game like this. Now, I think you would admit, you know, in a in a very pronounced win by your Bears, there wasn't much of a pass rush on Trubisky, right? Nope. And if the Please. same thing happens this week, Philip Rivers' lily white jersey is going to be about as clean as his browser history. And they need they need win this they need win this week, and I hate saying that, but we know that they do. At the same time, Jacksonville has already secured up the bottom spot for the first round draft pick. There's nothing they can do to mess that up. So they can do whatever they want. They can go out on fourth and 20 from their own goal line, um, which kind of makes them a wild card dangereux spot. But at the same time, at 14, and, and it ticked up from 12 and a half at the beginning of the week. And, I, and for good reason, right? Indianapolis doesn't want to leave anything to chance. I really, I heard a guy, he was talking last week about the Bears game uh, with the Jags, and he was comparing it to the old Tech Mobile game on Nintendo. Huh. Remember, remember how you can actually, like, take a player and, like, run backwards? Yeah, that was if you had Bo Jackson. Remember, if you had Bo Jackson, yeah, you could you run Bo wherever Jackson, you wanted. you do everything. But your, your offense could literally go back, like, 20 yards at a time. And that's exactly what they were doing against the Bears. And I... And Indianapolis is such a superior team right now. And as I say, if they can keep Philip Jersey, uh, Philip Rivers' jersey, Lily White, I think they come out here and they cover the 14 points. Jacksonville's allowing 145.3 rush yards per game. And Indy needs this. You know that Frank Reich's going to pound the rock. And you know Indy's defense is going to show up. And both of those, I'd say, are at least comparable to what the Bears have, if not much better, especially that offensive line in Indy. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just I know, what's I been know, happening in Jacksonville, I've got to take Indy with the 14 points. I know. I, it was hard for me to say as well. Uh, yeah. I'm going to cash my wise guys card in at the end of the day. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Dugger. Texas tatted on my arm Got Houston on my back Cause I love the city I'm from Hands up if you feel that Up next we go to Houston Where the Texans are 7.5 point underdogs at home 56 is your over under Tennessee's coming to town Now Tennessee, they clinched the AFC South title With a win or a Colts loss Or a Titans tie Colts tie uh, So Tennessee definitely wants to win this game But before we get into talking about this game I do have to put in a word for Deshaun Watson Who I think is just You know, a hero in that offense He's doing it himself like Russ Wilson Always does uh, He's become the fifth fastest player to 100 Passing touchdowns in NFL history 53 games So Watson joins Mahomes, Marino Warner and Unitas as the only Players to reach that mark Yeah, I mean, if there was a team photo uh for the houston texans it would have one player yep oh no sorry jj watt no it it would have uh bill o'brien would be on it but somebody would draw no, like, like a bad mustache no no walking it, out the door no he would have a bad mustache drawn on him and like some glasses and somebody would write like i came on his face Damn! 
That's nasty. <laughs> Something <laughs> stupid like that. You know, bathroom yeah, you humor. You know what? The uh, Texans have lost their last three games with a last possession opportunity to win, and two of them by fumbles. Um, yeah. They've been so close in so many games. And so when I see the seven and a hook, you're like, oh, oh, maybe they can keep this one close. It's a divisional game. But then you look a little deeper into it. And Houston is second last in the league in yards rushing allowed per game at 152. And last I checked, the Tennessee Titans still do have a guy named Derrick Henry in their backfield. Now, he didn't, he didn't fare too well in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field last week. Nope. Uh, he did end up with 95. Houston, Houston is a long way away from the frozen tundra. Yeah, and he needs 226 to eclipse a 2,000 mark, which apparently was, uh, you know, a, a goal for Vrabel to do. But mm, I don't know, man. Um, I don't think he's going to get that much exposure or opportunity, but he's going to have a big day. He's going to have a big day. And... Yeah, they're gonna need. They, they want to close this one out. I and as you say, Houston is just one of those sneaky teams that you know they they're they're hanging around. But their defense is so horrible, and Tennessee coming off that big loss against the Packers, and you know again, I don't want to say it, but they kind of need this win. I hate to say this, Maddie, but I am taking Tennessee on the road at more than a touchdown in Houston at seven and a half. Well, that's all right, buddy. I'll back you up. I, I don't see any reason why I would take Houston at this point. They kind of look like they've given up. Yeah. Yeah. That was a coin flip for me, to be honest. Don't put don't put a mortgage payment on it. Excellent. All right, we head to New York, where the Giants are two and a half point underdogs at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Big NFC East Division rivalry here. 45 and a half, you're over under. Now, the Giants can clinch the NFC East Division title with a win and a Washington football team loss. Dallas can clinch the NFC East title with a win and a Washington football team loss or tie, or a Dallas tie and a Washington football team loss. So this is, uh, you know, the NFC East is down to the wire. Every team except, well, not, not Philly. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. But three teams have a chance to win it on this Yeah, at, at, at minus, day. At minus uh, 500. Yeah. Like, so uh, uh, New York Giants, they haven't scored more than 20 points in five straight games. Dallas has scored 30 points or more in three straight games and all wins. They've kind of heated up over the last little bit. They kind of look like they're playing as a team. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, to get even closer to that, the Giants have been scoring less than nine points in their last three games. Yep. And Dallas in that same time frame, 36 points, which is good for fourth in the league behind, guess who? Your Bears. The Bills and the Ravens. Hmm. And and they seem to have found their groove in the backfield with Zeke and uh, and Pollard being a nice one-two punch. And you've got Amari Cooper drawing either man-to-man 
or a double zone coverage. Like last week, it was with Darius Slay. The week before, it was Richard Sherman and Jimmy Ward. And who's the beneficiary of all this? C.D. Lamb. And he's racking up some points and some touchdowns. And it looks like Jason, clap on, clap off, the clapper Garrett will be back on the sidelines for the Giants. And I'm not sure if that's an asset or a liability for them. I mean, what's the best thing you can say about Jason Garrett? He loves to clap. I mean, he loves to clap. He'll clap for everything all the time. Missed field goal, clap. Pick six, clap. Missed extra point, clap. He's got the clap. The guy is a clapper. Well, and then couple that with the fact that the Cowboys, they've won the past seven meetings against the G-Men, covering the spread on six of them. This line has moved a lot in the last week. I know a lot of sharp money is coming in on Dallas. I know a lot of public money is coming in on Dallas, and probably all for good reason. But as long as this remains under a field goal, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. It's really tough to go against the logic of taking Dallas with less than a field goal. They're playing very well on offense. Their defense has even kind of cobbled together a little bit of a yeah. year over the last couple of weeks. It's just I, the Giants, they haven't done anything. They, they were actually in the lead at the NFC East uh, for a few weeks. They were, and but that was because their offense was scoring, but they're not doing that anymore. Yeah, they've really crumbled. I, I, I'll, I'm going to join you, buddy. I'm, I'm going to take the Dallas. Well, dude, you were on the, the you were in the Dallas bandwagon last week, right? Yep. Yeah, you were. And now, I, you know, uh, I, I thought that game against San Fran was a bit of an anomaly, but now you get three games in a row. That's a, a wee bit of a trend. And I, I just think right now that they're playing better than the Giants are. I'm not saying they're a better team on paper, but that's not what matters at this point in the season. Uh, end of December, let's go with the hot team in the Dallas Cowboys. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. All right, the first of two games to be played in Ohio, and uh, both games also concerning the AFC North. That's, of course, first ones in Cleveland. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are nine-point favorites against visiting Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, they've already clinched the AFC North Division title. However, Cleveland needs this win. Uh, if they win, they clinch the playoff berth or a Colts or Titans loss with a Miami tie or Baltimore winner tie. So Cleveland probably doesn't want to put their hands in the Colts losing to the Jaguars or no. uh, a, a, a no, weird amount of ties. They've got to go out and beat the Steelers. They're nine-point favorites now. Mason Rudolph is the quarterback for the Steelers on this one. Ben's going to be sitting it out. But, dude, Mason Rudolph has won games. Mason, won't you guide my slate tonight, Rudolph? Um, he, he has won games, and I don't really think the line movement has justified that personnel change. No. Uh, like the Steelers' clearly- depth chart is one of the deepest ones in the league, almost at every position. Um, so, that yeah, they can rest their starters, but there's a whole, whole whack of guys that are willing to play hard for Tomlin. Of course. And I think that the with the weather in Cleveland on a, you know, 
January day, it's going to nine points no, I, is a I, lot I think for the, the Browns to cover. Too much. And yeah. to, um, to couple that with the fact that I just got a report this afternoon, the Browns had to delay practice today because they had two more positive COVID tests. And you saw how much that screwed up their week against the Jets last week in which they lost outright, screwed up their travel, screwed up their practice, screwed up their game plan, everything, right? So that's a big spread. Uh, I know you got to win the game, but it's still your division rival, your big brother division rival, by the way. Yeah, Uh, Pittsburgh would love to knock the Cleveland Browns out of the playoffs. Well, they would, but would they? Yeah, yeah, they would. They would. But but are they going to really go out of their way? Um, uh, they to rub their. Rub I think no, honestly, I, I think that Pittsburgh, without even their their star starters, they can do it with. Um, I wouldn't say the practice squad, but they can do it with their second stringers, like to hold this uh, within nine points in a tight divisional game. Probably with a uh, what was the over under on this one? It was uh, forty two. Like that's one of the lowest on the board. That's a, that's a low total for a big spread. Yeah, a division game, and I really and this and this is one of those instances, Maddie, where a must win is probably um, overinflating the line too much. And I, yeah. I, I got to go with the Steelers on this one. Cleveland should win this game. I'm not going to take the Steelers on the money line, but you're absolutely correct. Nine points is way, way too much for a, a, such a low total. So. Uh, so far, we've been in agreement. I'm with you. I'm taking the visiting Steelers to cover nine points on the road. But I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. And our second game in the state of Ohio, of course, is in Cincinnati, where the Bengals play host to the Baltimore Ravens. 13 points the Bengals are underdogs by, and this is another low total, 44 and a half. Now the Ravens, once again, they need this to clinch a playoff berth. They need the win or a Browns loss or an Indy loss. There's also a couple crazy tie scenarios, but they're... If it happened, it would be nuts. Yeah. Baltimore wants to be, you know, the master of its own destiny. But are you still master of your domain? I am king of the county. But to the tune of 14 points, although, you know, Cincinnati, they've kind of, they've been hangers on this year. Hangers on. They've won their last two games. And in fact, seems to me that a money line money play was on both of them. So instead yeah, of a, instead of a Cleveland steamer, this is like a Cincinnati bow time steamer. What do you want, a Cleveland steamer? Yeah. Well, either way, I'm taking the Bengals here. You? Yeah. This is you know again, as you say, it's a low total. Uh, Baltimore has been playing really well, but have. are really are they going to push it in the fourth quarter if they got a big lead? And uh, yeah, I. Cincinnati, I don't know. They've had an awakening. They've had an awakening. I don't know what it was, but their defense seems to be playing normally. Um, I, I almost trust their quarterback, even though Burroughs is out. Yeah, I got no reason to not take Cincinnati at home in week 17 or plus 13, man. Oh, absolutely. Um, I guess we're both on the bungles. 
Yeah. Strange wow. times, man. Strange times. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Bye, you worthless hunk of junk. Well, this one is near and dear to my heart, and it's a must-win for my Chicago Bears. Bears at home against the Green Bay Packers. Five and a half, the Bears are underdogs by. Now, five and a half points at home as underdogs. The Packers are playing very, very well. And yes, the Bears' offense has been playing very, very well. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But here's the scenarios. The Packers have already wrapped up the NFC North title but they can clinch a first-round bye with a win or a Seattle loss or tie. The Bears clinch a playoff berth with a win or a Cardinals loss or a Chicago tie, Arizona tie, so not very likely. And the Cardinals losing to a depleted uh, Rams team, not very likely either. So the Bears are going to want to try to beat the Packers here, which is something that they failed to do a mere few weeks ago. Now, I will say this. The last three opponents the Bears have had, they've put up, some serious points, Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Houston. So not the best defenses, but I looked at it closer. Now they scored 41 on Jacksonville. That's more points scored than Green Bay, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Tennessee, Indy, Miami, and Baltimore scored on Jacksonville. Minnesota, uh, they put up 33. That's more than Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Dallas, Indy, and Carolina. Uh, And then versus Houston, they put up 36. That's more than KC, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Cleveland, New England, and Indy. The Bears offense since Bill Lazor has taken over has looked much better. Looks very Shanahan-esque. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Really? Yes, yes. Green Bay is not indestructible. If Chicago's defense shows up, and Lazor keeps dialing up some of those sweet plays. And I mean, some of this stuff is just because Allen Robinson is an un- unreal wide receiver and he just goes up and makes plays. But what do you think about this, Andy? I'm a Bears fan, so of course I think the Bears are going to beat the Packers. I can't say anything, but... Sorry, that was the beer opening because we need Cheers. to talk about this in greater detail. And you brought forth a lot of good points, including... Green Bay wins against the Jags, Texans, and Vikings. Well, guess who also has had wins against the Jags, Texans, and Vikings in the last four weeks, and that's your Chicago Bears. Throw in the Lions, and they've won all four of those games. But guess what? Those four teams are ranked number 26, 28th, 31st, and 32nd defensively in the league. So... Trubisky, yeah, he looks good against bad teams. And I will say this about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers probably will be the league MVP, and he should. But that window is closing. That window is closing. I think it's now or never. So 
for them to get a bye week and home field advantage throughout the playoffs is far more important than him risking injury because he just, it really just doesn't get injured. And if he does, you know, let's, sorry, I don't mean to bring this up on you, Matty, but the last time he really got injured was against your Bears in the season opener two years ago, and he left on a stretcher in the first half. Yeah, and then he came back in the second half and fucking came, big comeback win. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, they're firing all cylinders on both their wide receivers and running backs, but here's a new guy, A.J. Dillon, out of Boston College, who... Racked up 124 yards last week, two touchdowns. This kid, this kid is built for winter football. He's six feet tall, 250, 250 for a running back. And I, you know, I don't think that um, Lafleur nor Aaron Rodgers are going to take their foot off the pedal. And it's just, it's just not a good spot for your Bears, dude. But here's the ironic thing. I'm looking at the total here. It's It started at like 50 and a half. I think it's up to 52 right now. Did you know that that's the highest posted total for a Bears game since 2014? Really, eh? 2014. And to buttress that, if you if you averaged out all the, the posted totals on Bears-Packers games in the last five years, it's around 44 points. Almost a touchdown lower than this. Wow. So I, I'm i not really sure what's changed to warrant that. Um, that might be a spoiler alert for my uh, for my total tease later. But I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Um, hate to close the coffin on you. Not that it might end your season, but I'm, I'm picking the Bears here to cover the uh, anything less than a touchdown. Yeah, that's fine. I'm taking the Bears, not just on the point spread, but they are my money line Maddie pick this week. Oh, Jesus. Setting myself up for a big old heartbreak, pal. Up next, we head to Carolina, where the Panthers are six and a half point underdogs against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, 48.5 is your over under. Now, the Saints have already clinched the NFC South title, but they can clinch a first round bye, but it is a little difficult. They've got to win. Green Bay's got to lose, and Seattle's got to win in order to get that. So uh, we'll see how far. A couple things have to happen. A couple things have to happen. So, but Carolina, they. This season, they were really up and down, man. They showed some real promise, especially early, but lately, uh, they just can't get it done. They can't get it done. And as a side note, <clears throat> so they got Matt Rule. That was one thing they did get right, mm-hmm. right? And, but they fired they fired general manager uh, Marty Herney, who was actually the architect of two Super Bowl or two Super Bowl appearing teams. They were considering this week signing Dwayne titties over touchdowns Haskins for next season. And to me, it's just one of those organizations that need to be saved from themselves by a proper GM. And I don't know, man, I don't know how old Bill Parcells is or, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs, but like, to me, they, they need, 
some senior leadership there uh, that separates from ownership. Because if you're doing that, you're not making the right decisions. Yeah. They need but the football sorry. culture. Yeah, and they they were doing well for a while. Um, okay, so let's go back just to digress for a second. Uh, the New Orleans Saints game against the Detroit Lions on Christmas Day. I had a lovely turkey dinner. Did you, Maddie? Oh, I did. I had a couple uh, turkey dinners that week, actually. Yeah, well, I had a good one, and I um, I had Kamara in my fantasy lineup, and after my dinner, I was watching the game. Kamara has three touchdowns. Well, doesn't the prognosticator fall asleep for a turkey nap and wake up to find out he's got six touchdowns? What? Excuse me? A baking powder? Not since 1929 has that happened. Um... I don't see that happening again against Carolina. And I think because of that, you're going to see this line has been slightly overinflated. Slightly overinflated. Carolina kicked the crap out of Washington, who, you know, could have sewed up the NFC uh, least with a win. But they didn't. So, yeah, I think a divisional game at home, Carolina playing spoiler, even though they're not playing for anything, I think they're going to they're gonna put up a good fight against the Saints, and I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one. One interesting thing that popped out at me when I was doing my stats research was the Saints have 10 or more wins and a 100-plus point differential this season. Each of the last four Super Bowl champions have had those same metrics. Uh, Sean Payton is an excellent coach. It doesn't matter really who's his quarterback. Uh, like He basically runs a wildcat with Taysom Hill, and they still put up big numbers. Yep. I, the problem with the Panthers is they're 0-10 this year when allowing more than 22 points. They they can't compete when, when you're starting to run the score up. Now, that being said, eight of the uh, Panthers' 10 losses this season have come by one possession. And this is a six-and-a-half-point spread. Problem is, what's Carolina playing for? What's New Orleans playing for? Spoiler, man. They're playing for yeah, spoiler. They're playing for spoiler. So you think Carolina's good at home against the Saints, eh? No, I think they're going to put up a fight. Is what I'm yeah. saying. I don't think they're going to lay over. No. Uh, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take the Saints by more than a touchdown. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I get it. I get it. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, I believe I know what you are saying. One, two, three. Go Bills! Go Bills! Go Bills! All right, Bills Mafia, how you feeling? About to make a uh, playoff appearance for the first time, and I can't even remember how long. 1995. Uh, 1995. I was still in high school, and that is crazy because and I'm a 40-year-old man. Here's, here's an even crazier stat. The Indianapolis Colts had won that division four years more recently and they're not even in that division anymore. <laughs> Due to realignment, yeah. So, well, the, the Buffalo Bills... <laughs> it's been a Bills, long time coming, I guess, is their bottom line, right? Yeah, but the Bills are three-point favorites, and Miami's two coming point, to town. Two-point now. It's dropped, That's man. Right. You got to, yeah. Um, All right, hang on here. Not your fault. Not your... No, hey, don't go back and check. It's not your fault. This thing is a moving target. Uh, fair enough. Most of the lines this week have been. So, Buffalo is two-point favorites at home against the Dolphins. Now, quickly... The scenarios here is that Buffalo's already clinched the AFC East. Dolphins clinch a playoff berth with a win or a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland loss or a Colts loss, or there's also a couple crazy tie scenarios. They're likely so to get in. Miami's very likely to get in. They don't need it. 
But uh, and Andy, my God, did you see the end of that game where they brought in Fitz Magic? Yeah, I did. I that to me was the play of the year. Like the guy's oh. face mask was just dropped on him, and he completed a pass, and then he got the 15 yard penalty, uh, the 30 yard completion, 19 seconds left on the clock, and they're in field goal range. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, Fitzmagic doing it. And that's why I honestly believe that they wasted a pick on Tua. I oh, do not believe that he is. Bad. He doesn't have that Lamar Jackson burst, or I haven't seen it. And you he know, doesn't you know have that Pat Mahomes arm. Was last, year, last week, my only so. prompt bet was Tua under uh, 226 yards. It, like, hey. I, I, you're not even close, man. Yep. He got, well, he got the hook, but. Yeah. Um, no, he, he, I don't even know if to call him a game manager. No, because their defense is so good. You know, I want to also give some props to the bills defense though, as weeks 12 to 16, they've done a much better showing than what was earlier on. They were allowing 26 and a half points per game up to week 10, week 12 to 16, 16.8 points per game allowed 289 total yards per game allowed and uh, a 31.7 opposition third down percent. That is excellent work. If the Bills continue that and Josh Allen continues his play, they got a chance to make a push. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry that, that bridge over another water, and I'm going to say whoever is the winner of this game, their coach will be the coach of the year. Really? Yeah, Brian, Brian Flores or uh, McDermott. Yeah. I I I because I, I think McDermott. they both exceeded expectations, and in fact, I don't want to toot my own horn. But if you go back to week one of Almost Wise Guys, I said, "Don't be surprised if the Buffalo Bills win the AFC East." No, and you I, said to me, "Like you, you, you're crazy." No, I didn't say you're crazy. I, I think did you not. did. I think no, you did. I did not. No, I, I did dr- not. Was drunk the word then? I don't know. No, I. I might have said the AFC East is a toss-up this year due to a lot of unknown variables. I don't think I would have said you're crazy. Oh, holy, now we're talking about it responsibly. All right, fine. <laughs> no, okay, here's the deal. The Bills, they've got the AFC East. They don't really have much to play for here. No. Right? Like, I mean, they're not going to be pushing it. And Miami, with that defense, is capable of hanging around. I actually think Miami is a smart money line play. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a big money line play, but I nope. don't disagree with you. But it's still more than double your money. So let's just, sorry, let's just digress back to the Monday night game with Buffalo playing New England and the trouncing that they put on the Patriots. Well, that was And fun to was watch. that not a decade in the making? Like, oh, it was for great. For a decade, Bill Belichick had owned that Bills team, and he was the one kicking sand on that scrawny little kid on the beach. And they were the ones, you know, that spent the offseason bulking up in the gym, doing whatever they needed to do, and they came back, and they fucking kicked them right in the mouth, and they did not put their foot off the gas. And they were not trying to let up. Oh, the gentleman wouldn't, you know, keep running up the school. Fuck you, Bill Belichick. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Um, there's so many teams he's done that against. I'm thinking Washington. I'm thinking the Jets. I'm thinking Buffalo. And now it's his turn. Now it's his turn to get sand kicked in his goddamn face. So Buffalo has already flexed their muscles. Yeah, this they, that's why this is a letdown spot, right? Yeah, there's well, no. What I'm saying is no, they've proven they've proven that they can contend with the Chiefs of the world. Yep. Right. 
they, they don't need to flex their muscles. They need to rest their muscles. That's right. And, and Miami is going to be playing really well on defense. And I don't even know if Josh Allen's starting. I'm pretty sure he's not. Um, and this is, this is a pretty easy spot for Miami to win. And I don't think Buffalo's going to give a flying fuck either way. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the Miami Dolphins as they are also a money line body pick. Oh! Oh! Up next, the Niners take on the Seattle Seahawks and uh, six points. The San Francisco 49ers are home dogs. Uh, Seattle has a slim chance at the first round bye, but first they need a win. They also need a Packers loss and they need a Saints loss or tie. So Seattle probably not getting that first round bye, but there is that slim chance. Uh, The Seahawks have tightened it up on defense, haven't they? Yeah, well, they've held their opponents to 17 points or fewer in the past five games. And we were ragging on them. We were absolutely shooting on them for the first for the three quarters of the season. Well, really, and for they good reason. Themselves. They were at the bottom of the yeah. league. Yeah, they shit but on themselves. Yeah, they've totally tightened that up, almost to the Legion of Boom numbers. Um, very impressive, in fact. Well, now, your Niners, though. I Wow, did they no. put uh, Come on, was that not a spirited win? Who, Holy who, shit. Who paid? I, yeah, I was on that side, man. I, See, I know. Big game CJ Beathard. Well, there was that, and then his his college roommate at Ohio came in uh, in George Kittle, and yeah. as soon as Kittle was announced to be in the lineup, you knew the rest of the team was going to rally around. There was no giving up. Like there was no reason for that guy to come back other than, hey, we're I'm paid to play football, and I'm playing football, and we're going to win football. Well, do you think they got a chance at winning football here as six-point underdogs at home? Well, yeah. Okay, just give me a second here, all right? All right, all right. So we won that game 20-12, to despite how many field goal misses from your boy, Robbie Gold? My boy plays on your team now. Yeah, well, he was your boy. And by the way, they just signed him to a uh, two-year contract today. (laughs) Yeah, he missed, missed, what, two field goals and an extra point, right? Seven Uh, full points. Well, the last one could have put them ahead by two scores, which was kind of, wow, not cool. But anyway, they managed to win the game. But the difference in this one is that Brandon Ayuk is not going to be playing. And San Francisco is one of those rare teams where their passing game actually sets up their running game. And with him out and Debo Samuel out, um, there isn't a scare so much on, on the deep passing game. So it's easy for Seattle, especially with their big pickup from um, Cincinnati and Brandon Dunlop. They, they can crush, uh, they can, they can, they can crush the running attack. And as, as much as it pains me to say it, I think Seattle can overcome a six-point uh, spread against the 49ers. And who haven't, by the way, mailed it in, but without Brandon Ayuk and without Debo Samuel, I just don't see him covering anything. Yeah, you said it. I was going to bring that up. Ayuk and Debo, come on, man. You know you know, Debo is one of my favorite players not yeah. on the Chicago Bears. I think that guy's electric. Shit happens when he touches the ball, even behind the line of scrimmage. 
Especially you know, that guy take a loss. Scrimmage, yeah, right? especially well, yeah, and he could take a loss, turn it into a gain, and then you've also got him streaking up the field. That also takes a little bit of pressure off the tight end as well. It's why you can't double the tight ends, right? You can't just constantly keep two guys on Kittle because if you got Ayuk and you got well, Debo you got Jordan Reed down, too, right? Reed, yeah. yeah, it's so. I just think Seattle has something to play for here. San Francisco doesn't, and I'm not saying San Francisco is going to punk out. But I think Seattle really needs to fire on all cylinders before they go rolling into the postseason. So I, I, as long as it stays under a touchdown, I'd stay with Seattle. But if this went above seven, I'm gonna, I'd be, ta- I'd be looking at San Francisco. Yeah, well, I hope we're wrong, but we have a lot of paying customers, Maddie, that we uh, have to honor. Shithogs, big, dirty shithogs. And our last game of Sunday afternoon takes place in Los Angeles, where the Rams are three-point underdogs at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Rams can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a Bears loss or tie. The Cards can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie and a Bears loss. So these two teams need to win. The Rams, unfortunately, don't have Jared Goff, right? (laughs) Well, in this past couple of weeks of playing, I'm not sure, again, if that's an asset or a liability. Yeah, fair enough. I've always thought that that was another albatross of a contract. I thought he was the same as kind of Carson Wentz. Right, but look look who's coming in. Um, Yeah, the often mentioned rookie out of Wake Forest, John Wolford. The Wolf of Ball Street. You jerk off. Do I, do I jerk off? Yeah. Yeah, I jerk off, yeah. How many times a week? Like um, three, three, four, three or four times, maybe. I don't pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. The Wolf of Wake Forest, who, ironically, <laughs> Maddie, is not the first rookie out of Wake Forest to start an NFL game this season under center. Kendall Hinton was a wide receiver doing that. So how bad does that make John Wolford? Yeah, I don't... This is a tough spot for the Rams needing a win to get in, and then their quarterback gets thumb surgery in the hopes that if they get in, that he'll be all right for the playoffs. Okay. The Rams are lucky. They got a great defense, though. Yeah, let's, can, let's I, put, can I kick them when they're down once again? Uh, Cooper, well, Cup you hate tested, both these Cooper Cup just tested positive for COVID today. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, I did not have Oh, so Robert Woods is going to have a great game, obviously. Yeah, well, if they can get him the ball. (laughs) Dude, this is not shaping up well for the Rams, and I think a three-point spread. I would have thought this would have been at seven. Oh, really? No. Well, I guess because... It's a 41-point total, dude. Um, Divisional game? No, that's about where it should be. Yeah, But yeah, with Wolford, fuck, I mean, Christ. No, Arizona's going to have a goddamn field day. Even Cliff Kingsbury can figure him out. Like I, I know that Kyler Murray is questionable, but let's face it, it's a must-win game. He's going to be playing. Oh no, he's said he's he's said he's playing. Yeah, they got so, uh, Chris uh, Strelliver from oh North Dakota, a Coyote. Um, he's not going to do shit if he has to come in. <laughs> um, but yeah, based on the Rams' quarterback situation, as bad as Goff's played, this is definitely, definitely a big downgrade. Uh, three points—that's—I I don't think that's enough. I think Arizona's going to crush them. 
And As win. I said, it should be at least six or seven points. I agree with you 100%. As much as being a Bears fan, I hate saying this because I don't want Arizona to win. But I think Arizona is going to beat the Rams. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Well, there's no Monday night football this weekend, so Sunday night is all you get, folks. And uh, that Sunday nighter is going to decide, well, possibly who wins the NFC East title. So it's Philadelphia at home against visiting Washington football team. So Philadelphia, one and a half point home dogs. Now, the Washington football team clinches the NFC East title with a win or a Washington tie and Dallas loss or tie. I don't know, though, like Philadelphia is such a question mark because you don't know what you're going to get. But I, I, Jalen Hurts needs a little bit more seasoning before he's ready for the NFL. And I know Alex Smith hasn't played football in a while, but he's, no, Alex, well, he's only been out a couple of weeks and he's been playing when he w- when he was playing. He was playing very well, considering the guy could barely walk a year ago. Yeah. Uh, which I find it a little bit questioning that they released Dwayne Haskins uh, earlier this week. I know the guy was an absolute uh, cancer in the locker room. Yeah, Never I think they were just waiting to get rid of him. They they were waiting for an excuse. Well, it's a Sunday night game, Maddie. Isn't that when normal people go to the strip club? Roger said he didn't want me in the strip club. I was like, well, I don't think they're wrong with going to the strip club. It ain't no sin to go to the strip club. You know, I was just being rebellious. You know? Yeah, so, I mean, Alex Smith, as long as he stays upright, first, okay, let me preface it. Um, I hope and I believe that he's going to be the comeback player of the year. Holy Christ, right? As I said, the guy could barely walk uh, a year ago, and here he is now in uh, a pivotal playoff uh, clinching spot, and yeah, I think the the video footage is out on Jalen Hurts. So, you got Chase Young and that whole other front seven. Um, he's going to have a tough time against them. He really is. And they're just such a dysfunctional team. I, I don't know which direction the Eagles are going in any one week. Um, Washington seems to play well if they have consistency at the pivot position and they know that their defense can play well. Yep. And, you know, you got, again, you got a low total of 42 and a half. Um, I, yeah, obviously I don't think uh, home field advantage means much here. Uh, Fletcher Cox, by the way, is questionable with a stinger. Now, Maddie, I'm sure you played a game after a stinger or two before. Have you not? I once got uh, a couple games in a row where I got stingers and for about six weeks, I couldn't even turn the signal on in my car. Yeah. It's, it's stingers are very very and actually they still affect me to this day down my left arm when I box if somebody catches me with a good shot it doesn't rattle my cage as much as sometimes I go back on that nerve and I get a a, a slight burner again on it and it's not the greatest feeling in the world I'll tell you that it feels like somebody's stabbing you in the in the nerve so a stinger means a lot yeah yeah it does 
It would, it would these guys explain, have these guys have access to fantastic Bears game too, but okay. Yeah. No, something. these guys have access to fantastic drugs though. No, but a stinger's a stinger, man. That's a it nerve is. thing. I unfortunately, knock on wood, I've never had to suffer one. So, but I, I'm, I, I know that you have. So, um, it can't. You can't really understate it, and you can't really understate how much Fletcher Cox means to the uh, defensive line for Philadelphia. Hundred so, percent. Uh, I, I, I've seen a lot of sharp money coming in on, on Washington, and it doesn't surprise me. I'm actually the, the only thing that surprises me is that the line isn't even higher. I agree. Um, I think okay. So watch the Dallas Giants game. If Dallas wins, I bet the importance of Washington winning is going to go up, and betters will recognize that, and and the line's going to go up. So take advantage of line differential. Okay. Um, watch the early game. Giants win. You know, lay your money on Washington. But I, yeah, as long as this thing is under a field goal, I got no reason to not take um, Alex Smith, whom I've I've loved. I've loved him in college. I loved him at the 49ers. I loved him in Washington. I loved him in Kansas City, and I I think he's going to do well in this particular game against a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I've also got a lot of confidence in Ron Rivera. He's been in this spot before. I, I like Washington. I agree with you. One point, that's not enough. I'm, I'm looking here. I, I, I think the Washington football team, they can control their own destiny right now. They, they win. They get the NFC East title. And, man, would that be an interesting thing to say? The Washington football team, NFC East champions, and they would have a chance to host a playoff game. <laughs> And actually win a playoff game. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Please hang up and try again. And now it's time for your total tease. This is where, well, we give you a total we like and a teaser that we like for the weekend. Andy, what are you thinking? Well, I can't go anywhere else other than Soldier Field for the first game. And as much as I talked about that over being probably overinflated, traditionally speaking, I got to take the uh, Bears-Packers under 51. Excuse me, for my teaser, um, you know, with Tennessee having a must win, although I I hate saying that, um, but all you need to do is bring them down a, a minus one and a half. And my second leg of that teaser is Miami at plus eight against a Buffalo Bills team who doesn't look like they're starting a lot of their starters. So anyway, to sum it up, Bears, Packers under 51, Titans, Miami on the on the teaser. And yeah. The teaser I'm taking will be the same as Andy's. However, I'm taking the opposite stance of them on the total. I'm taking the Bears-Packers to go over 51. Do you like apples? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to week 17 of Almost Wise Guys, our 75th episode. Uh, If you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. Then you won't miss the show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 17 games across the NFL. 
From the Costa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. Once again, Matty, happy 75th anniversary. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bad time on the same bad channel. Sayonara. Baby, please don't take your love away from me. Cause I will make you happy every night and every day. After so many years, I can't remember what went wrong. Every day